You're listening to the BCHL Podcast, the official podcast of the BCHL. Into the goal, he scores! He scores! And they just win by four! Driving to the net, he scores! From his backhand to his forehand, a shorthanded breakaway. Right in, scores! Shoots his block, third hand, Good morning, good afternoon, good night. Scores! Ozark wins it! Overtime winners! Now, here's your host, Jesse Adamson. Hey there, welcome to the BCHL Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Adamson. The BCHL pod season is in full swing as we recently passed the halfway mark. And there are some tight races shaping up in many of our pods. Yesterday was the first day off of the pod season, but don't worry. We are back with a full slate of games this weekend to keep you entertained. And you can watch all of that on BCHL TV. Before we get started with our interviews, just a reminder that the BCHL podcast is presented by Fortis BC. Fortis BC is a longtime partner of the BC Hockey League, and we thank them for partnering with us on this podcast. All right, let's get to it. We have three interviews for you today. First up, we speak with West Kelowna Warriors defenseman Tyson Jugnoth, who just turned 17 a week ago and currently leads all BCHL defensemen in scoring with 11 points in 11 games. Our second interview is with Penticton V's goalie Caden Lane, who is the reigning BCHL Player of the Week after putting up two shutouts in his four starts last week. We wrap things up with an interview with Salmon Arm Silverbacks forward Noah Serdakny, who is also off to a good start in his rookie season in the BCHL. He currently sits one point back of the league lead and scoring with 18 points in 12 games. All right, let's get things started with Tyson Jugnoff. We covered a lot of ground with Tyson, including his start to his BCHL career, his commitment to the University of Wisconsin, and his impressive golf game. All right, Tyson, you lead the BCHL in points by defenseman. You have 11 points in 11 games as a rookie. Uh, Most of that is a 16-year-old. I know you you just turned 17 uh, last week, but so far, how would you assess your first season in the BCHL? Uh, I think it's been really good. I've had a lot of guys help me uh, through my first year. Our team's been pretty good this year as well, so it helps a lot. Our power play has also been really hot, so it's been nice to be getting lots of points on those. Right now, I'm not so focused on the points, but I'm more focused about winning. So I know a lot of the year was spent just practicing because of uh, the COVID situation, but now that you've gotten a, ch- a chance to play a few games and, and get some some of those BCHL games under your belt, what's the transition been like for you from uh, from major midget to junior? It's a pretty big jump. Like, obviously, it's a lot faster and a lot more skilled, but I, I think I've managed pretty well from going from uh, jumping from major midget to BCHL. I also got a few games last year as a 15 year old. So it definitely made this transition easier. So I know you're playing with uh, your cousin, Damon, who's a year older. He's uh, a forward on the warriors. How much has that helped with the transition, having him in the room and and someone who's a familiar face to you? It's been awesome. It's the first time we've actually played together on a team. It's really cool experience and something I'll never like forget. It's yeah, it's it's awesome having him around. He's a great guy, a really good player. 
So I know Kelowna is your hometown. Uh, you, you also played for the Okanagan Rocket, Rockets before this. Uh, what's it been like getting to play so close to home? It, it's awesome. I get to live at home and see my family every day. I've, I've never actually watched the Warriors before, but I've always like followed them. It's, it's awesome playing at home. Yeah. Speaking of home, uh, I know you have, uh, I guess a unique living situation right now. You, I believe your cousins, there, a couple other teammates and, and siblings and stuff like that. I've been told it's, it's a bit of a full house. Can you just let us know what your, your current living situation is like with all, all the people in the house? Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy, but it's good. We've got myself and my cousin, and then we've got two other guys on my team and Marcus Joggin and Tyler Crystal. And then I also have four other siblings and my mom and dad. So there's <laughs> 10 of us in the house right now. Oh <laughs> I'm hoping it's a pretty big house then to, to fit all you guys in there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, the, the fact that you're playing at home and, and this year is, like I said, been a, a weird year where there's no fans in the building. And right now you're, you're only playing your games in Vernon's arena, but next year when, when fans are allowed back in the building and you can have friends and family come watch the, your home games, what's that going to be like for you? What will that mean to you to, to have friends and family in the building? It'll be awesome. Like my parents have, and my family have always watched me since I was like, really young so it'll be it'll be the same as every other year i'm just really looking forward to them being able to come and watch me as as well as my friends being able to come and support me and the team yeah i want to ask you about your coach uh with the warriors as well simon ferguson i know he was also your coach with the rockets uh what's the relationship uh like between the two of you i i really like him like he's i think he's a really good coach and he he knows what he's talking about he uh he plays to his players or coaches to his players. Sorry. And he, he relies on like his players to do what they can do. I think he's a really good coach and a really good mentor. How much did him being with the warriors, how much did that factor in your decision to come play for them? Uh, it factored in a lot. Like when I had talks with him and uh, John Murphy, the owner, I realized that it was a really good place and a really good fit. And especially with Simon being here, I knew that I was going to get a playing opportunity as I stepped in. Cause he's already coached me and knows how I play. So I just want to go back to last summer. Um, you were invited to team Canada's U 17 development camp. And I know it was only held virtually and the tournament ended up being canceled because of COVID, but what did it mean to you to get invited to that and see your name associated with team Canada? It was really special, um, something I'll never forget. And it was amazing when I got that phone call to tell me I got invited to the camp. It it meant so much because like, you always watch the World Juniors growing up and even just to get invited to something like U17 is just a tremendous honor. What like what is a virtual camp for, for people that don't know? I mean, it, it seems, seems like kind of a strange concept, but um, what like what did you actually do as part of that camp? Mostly it was just Zoom calls and a lot of like talks about sleep and nutrition. And we went over some like systems as well, some team building. It was just it was everything you do off the ice at a regular camp. So the, the nutrition and the sleep stuff, I imagine that's stuff that you've 
kind of taken to heart and are carrying on um, implementing it into your life going forward? Yeah, for sure. It's, it's a really big part of the game and about your health. So I, I like to take it um, to heart and really like work on it and make sure I'm doing what they say. Another thing that happened last summer was you also announced your commitment to the University of Wisconsin. Um, what was it about that school that made you want to go there? Ever since I started talking to school, it was always Wisconsin that I was most keen about. I really liked that school. So when they offered me, I it I didn't take long to say yes because I knew that out of every school that was the place I wanted to go. The coaches there, Antonio Cardone and Marco Siki are just unbelievable. They just produce NHL caliber players. And how excited, I know it's a few years down the road and you're, you have some, some junior hockey to play still, but how excited are you to eventually get there and, and start your NCAA career? I'm, I'm really excited, but right now I'm focused on the Warriors and helping them win, win some games and hopefully go far. But I'm really excited to be going there in the future. Yeah, speaking of the Warriors and bringing it back to present day, um, you're playing in the Vernon pod along with the Vernon Vipers and the Salmon Arm Silverbacks. Um, that pod has probably produced the the craziest games so far. There's been a lot of high-scoring games, crazy comebacks in the third period. Uh, I know your team's been on the winning and losing side of some of those crazy high-scoring games. Uh, but what's it been like playing in that atmosphere? It's really good competition. Both Vernon and Salmon Arm are really good teams. Um there's been some crazy games, some shootout games, some overtime games, but I think it's been very, really good competition, but all three teams are really close in skill. And I think every night we're going to have to compete to have a, have a win. Yeah. That, that, Kind of perfectly leads me to my next question. The the Vernon pot is also the closest in the standings. There's only three points separating first and third. So obviously there's um, all three teams are pretty evenly matched. So having to com- compete against those teams night in and night out, uh, knowing how close you are, like how, how do you guys approach that knowing uh, it could go either way, um, no matter what, what team you're playing? I think that we know that every game is going to be a battle. Um, we have to come to the rank every day prepared and ready to work. I think that if we play well, we can skate and play with any team. It's, I think it's just who, who wins the most battles, who blocks the most shots, who, who will bury on their opportunities is going to win the game. Last question for you. I'm going to go a little off the board here. And speaking with uh, the Warriors broadcaster, Chase Johnston, he let me know that you're you're a really good golfer on top of a really good hockey player. So um, tell us about your golf game and, and kind of how you got into it and how you got to be so good at it. Yeah, my dad, since I was like probably five years old, he'd always take me to the driving range and out on the course. And I've just grown up playing golf every summer and I just love it. So me and my brothers always go out in the summer pretty much every day and play. I've played a few golf tournaments as well over the years. Um, there's, also, there's lots of good golfers on our team too. So we'll go out sometimes. It, yeah. I think it's a really fun game and I like to play it all the time in the summer. Any, any thoughts about doing it competitively going forward? Obviously the hockey career is number one, but maybe a, a little action on the side is playing some competitive golf. Uh, I have played tournaments in the past. Yeah. Um, if I, if I have time in the summers, I, I'll definitely play some, 
but it all depends on the hot hockey and training and stuff like that. I'll probably have to work around that. What do you think it is about uh, golf and hockey players? It's, it just seems that like that such a, a perfect fit for, for hockey players. They seem to uh, gravitate towards playing golf and they seem to be pretty good at it. Why do you think there is that connection there? I think it's perfect because as the golf season ends, season starts. And then by the time that playoffs end, hopefully after a win in the finals, that's when it starts to get nice out and you can start golfing again. So you can pretty much golf until the season starts and start right when the season ends. That sounds perfect. All right, Tyson. Well, uh, that's all I got for you. So thank you so much for chatting with us and congrats on your success so far this year. And Best of luck the rest of the way. Yeah, thanks for having me. Big thanks to Tyson Jugnock for joining us. Moving on to our second interview, we speak with Penticton V's goaltender, Caden Lane. As I mentioned at the top, Lane was named the BCHL Player of the Week after he posted a 3-1-0 record last week with two shutouts. Over that stretch, he had a save percentage of 966 and a goals against average of 0.76. Listeners of this podcast can rejoice as for the next 10 minutes, you'll get a break from my voice as we got some help with this interview from Sheldon Lee, who will be working with the BCHL as an intern over the next five weeks. So you'll be hearing his voice on this podcast from time to time and also look out for his written work on the BCHL website. Without further ado, let's get to Sheldon's interview with Caden Lane. Thanks so much for taking the time out to do with this, uh, do this with me. Very much yeah, appreciated. Man. Thank you. Uh, and congrats on being named the uh, BCHL Player of the Week. It's huge. Yeah, thank you. I uh, I didn't really find out about it for a little bit there because I don't have Twitter, so it was uh, it was a nice little surprise. Uh, no doubt. Um, so um, on that note, this past week you went three one and zero. In four games with a 966 save percentage, two shuts, uh, shutouts in that time, uh, and that's on top of what was already a very a very clean and impressive start to your season. What do you attribute your early success to thus far? Um, I think all the boys just buying into our systems and our coaching especially. I think Patty on the D-end has been really good, especially with our PK. Our, uh, our penalty kill has been unbelievable so far i think we've only allowed one shorthanded so far this year and i think that's a big deal and um along with locking down games in the third period i think we've done a really good job of that we've had a couple tight games going into the third one or two goal leads and we've really done a good job at locking it down and not giving other teams much uh, you played your last two seasons with Grand Prairie of the Alberta Junior Hockey League. What was your experience like playing there and, and being away from home for two years? Um, when I first got there, when I was 17, it was a little bit of a shock. Um, it was way up north. wasn't sure really what I was doing up there. And I settled in really well. I had really good billet family up there and um, kind of taught me the ins and outs of junior hockey and uh how much of a grind it can be especially with our travel up there it was quite gnarly and um obviously last year with the season ending a bit early it wasn't the end of, end of the year that we wanted but it was uh, it was obviously a nice start to my junior career up there and then coming to Penticton was a really nice change of scenery for me 
Yeah, and on that, last summer when you were moved from Grand Prairies to Penticton, how did you find out? What was your reaction? Um, at the time, I was actually in Grand Prairie. Um, I stayed there for about a month after the season, and I found out I got traded um, through email, actually. Fred mm-hmm. emailed me because I didn't have a phone at the time. And I was I was honestly really shocked because I hadn't been in talk with them at all or anything. And I, w- I was really stoked when I heard about it just because it's close to home. I grew up in Grand Forks, which is about two hours away. And obviously mm-hmm. the Okanagan is beautiful. So, uh, Any familiar faces on the team? Uh, Ryan Upson. I, I knew him from playing hockey in Vancouver growing up a bit along with Finn Williams. And, um, yeah. Yeah, a couple of familiar faces. Definitely would make the transition a little, little easier, I would think. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this this year with um, with a new team and a condensed schedule, were you forced to make sort of uh, any any types of changes to your routine in the offseason because of the uncertain times? How did you prep for your year this year? Um, I, I honestly did what I normally do. I most years I take about a month off in the summer right after the season. I go play some golf. I do some spring skiing if if there's any snow still left around. And I do a lot of hiking. That's my main source of training is just trail running and hiking. And I think that's really, really been good for me because it's sticking to my roots growing up in nature and all that. And I think it doesn't make me overthink the game too much. And I think being an all-around athlete is is a really key thing nowadays where most guys just, it's hockey, hockey, hockey. And I think doing other things can really, really help attribute to to on-ice play. So this year, as we know, the BCHL has broken into pods in order to successfully finish the season, which we all cross our fingers will happen. The Penticton V's just happen to be one of the host cities uh, this year. How do you feel being the host city has played to your advantage or has it? I think the biggest advantage of it is just living at home, not being in a hotel and having, we don't have much freedom, but we do have the freedom to go home, sleep in our own bed and uh, have home cooked meals, which is always nice. Along with, I think, uh, I think our rink has made it, the experience much better than it could have been. I think the staff around here has done an amazing job of setting it all up and making it feel, feel more like a normal game, I guess, with the atmosphere and the crowd noises and all that. Uh, Throughout this year, you've, you've garnered a majority of the starts this season. Um, How does it feel for you to be the go-to guy and be given that kind of trust from both your coach uh, and in a sense, your teammates? Um, when I first came here, I got to watch Yanev Peretz, um, play most of the Okanagan cup. And I think that was really good for me to watch how he took, took those games and how he treated his body and acted like a pro. And I think he taught me a lot coming into this and it obviously feels really good having Freddie's trust along with the boys. I think our room's really tight and everybody trusts everybody when, uh, when they're out there in any situation. So I think that's a really key, key part of our success right now. 
And that being said, you do share your position with Caleb McKecker, uh, who also has a couple of really nice starts under his belt this season. Do you two, uh, do you two learn, tend to learn and feed off of each other? What's your working relationship like? Um, I've, I haven't known Caleb too long. He's only been here for the past two months or so, but he's been an amazing teammate so far. And, uh, we can't learn too much from each other on the ice just because he's six, six and I'm five eleven. So <laughs> our, our games are quite different, but, uh, yeah, he's been a really good teammate and friend so far. Uh, okay. Last question. Um, Lob a softball here for you. With 18 points and just one loss this year, the V's are uh, right at the top of the BCHL standings. What do you and the boys have to do to make sure that you're there come season's end? I think we just got to stay consistent and stick to our game plan and just take it one game at a time, not to get, get ahead of ourselves here with 10 games remaining. Thank you so much for doing this, Caden. Uh, hugely appreciated. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you to Caden Lane for joining the podcast and thank you to Sheldon Lee for that great interview. We have one more interview to go and that is with Salmon Arm Silverbacks forward Noah Serdakny. Serdakny has been turning heads all season long in the BCHL. As I mentioned earlier, he is one point back of the league lead in scoring, playing alongside Simon Tassi and Sullivan Mack, who are also both in the top 10 in league scoring. Serdakny comes from a true hockey family as we get into in the interview. His father, Steve, was a skating coach with the Edmonton Oilers for a decade. And his sister, Danielle, is a high-level college athlete playing women's hockey at Colgate University. We cover all that and more with Noah, so let's get right to it and hear what he had to say. All right, Noah, you've made quite the impression early on in your BCHL career. You have 18 points through 12 games so far, just one back of the league lead in scoring. Uh, what's it been like coming into the league and uh, producing like this right away? Uh, yeah, it's been great. You know, uh, obviously I have some really good line mates and a really good supporting cast. So that's made the transition a lot easier. And yeah, it's been great. Yeah, I want to follow up on your line mates there. I know you've been playing with Simon Tassi and Sullivan Mack, a couple of guys that are a little bit older than you with with a few years of junior experience. Uh, all three of you are in the top 10 in league scoring. What's it been like playing with those guys? And, and how, how do you think you've been able to create such good chemistry with them? Yeah, for sure. Uh, they're great players, you know, great skaters, great offensive touch. And I feel like we just uh, build off each other really well and we always got that support with each other and we're always supporting the puck really well and kind of just know where each other are. So, yeah. What do you see as kind of your role with those two guys? Are you kind of the, the finisher, the setup man? What, what do you see as your role with, with, yeah. with Simon and Sullivan? Um, obviously both of them have really good scoring touch. So, uh, I see myself more as a playmaker, but also when, when things aren't going our way, I can, I can put the puck in the net as well too, but yeah, uh, for sure more, more of a playmaker towards them because they have, uh, unbelievable shots. So Sam and Arm has had some pretty dramatic third period comebacks so far in the pod <laughs> season, uh, uh, a few times down two or three goals to, to for, force overtime late. What's it like knowing that even if you guys are down late, you've proven multiple times that you can come back and, and force overtime and, and get a win. Yeah, it's awesome. I think it just shows the the character of our group here and uh, sort of the culture we've built the last few months, sort of that 
never quit attitude and just knowing that we can overcome, we can overcome anything pretty much. So yeah, it's been great. And I think a lot of it has to do with the, the culture here and, uh, the belief we have in each other. Yeah. You mentioned the culture and building it over the season. And obviously you started with, uh, ex- the ex- extended exhibition season. And then there was a, like a four month period where you were just practicing. So how difficult was it for you guys to build that culture? And I know, uh, some players ended up leaving from the start of the year. What was it like going through that and, and trying to build that culture throughout the season? Yeah. Uh, it was tough for sure. The, those couple months where we didn't have any games, but I think our coaching staff and management did a terrific job in keeping us, keeping us involved and just keeping us motivated, sort of just like telling us like we're going to have a season, which really helped us through it. And just like, uh, all of the guys sort of just, we became closer from it. And, um, I think it's starting to pay off here, which is, which is really nice. And your pod in Vernon there is also the closest in the standings. Uh, three points uh, separate first and third. Uh, what, what's it been like competing night in and night out against those same teams, knowing how close all three of them are in terms of quality? Yeah, for sure. I think it's awesome just knowing going into every game that it's going to be a dogfight. And uh, all three teams are really good teams. So, yeah, just knowing uh, it's going to be a battle every night. I think it, I think it motivates our group and it's good. It's good for us in uh, the grand scheme of things for sure. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about your family. I know you come from a, a, a pretty extensive hockey family. Let's start with your dad, Steve. He was the skating and skills coach for the Edmonton Oilers from 06 to 2015. Uh, while he was the coach there, did you, you get a chance to be around the team at all? Yeah, for sure. Uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, obviously I grew up a big Oilers fan, especially since he was the skills coach there. And, uh, it was, it was super cool getting to meet those guys, you know, knowing, knowing how they train and what it takes to not only be at that level, but excel at that level, which is really cool. And just having my dad as a mentor and coach sort of helped me out a lot for sure. Yeah. As an Oilers fan, I'm guessing I already know the answer, but who's your, who's your favorite player in the NHL? Uh, I'm, I got to go with Leon Dreisaitl. Oh, okay. Not, yeah. not what I expected. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How come, how come Dreisaitl? Just like, uh, his puck protection and passing ability. I think, uh, he's one of the best passers in the league and he's super hard to knock off the puck as well. So, um, I think that's, he's a really awesome player and, uh, I know uh, he's not most Oilers fans' favorite players, but just uh, I have a really deep appreciation for his game and the, the little things he does for sure. Not not bad to have Mc, McDavid or Dreisaitl to pick from as your favorite player from Edmonton. <laughs> exactly, so, yeah. Not bad at all. <laughs> uh, you mentioned how your dad helped you uh, when you were younger and obviously still now. In what ways? Um, like obviously he's a, a skill and development coach. What specific ways was he able to help you with your game? Yeah, for sure. Just like, uh, sort of pushing me, um, just being on the ice all the time and, uh, just being, being on the ice with better, stronger, faster players, I think pushed me to, to become better myself and just, just know, uh, like what, it, like I said before, just putting in the work, what it takes to, to excel at the next level, which was really good for me. Sticking with your family, I know your sister Danielle is also a great hockey player. She's a standout at Colgate University. What can you say about her game? Yeah, um, she's awesome. She's a she's a really good player. Uh, she's a full package over there, and 
know she had a terrific year this year and uh i think it's only going to get better for her and i think she's gonna she's gonna go on to have a great career she's she's an awesome player the goal of most bchl players is to get a division one scholarship um with the year you're having so far i I, i'm thinking you're well on your way to that what would it mean for you to to get that taken care of yeah for sure um it'd mean everything uh to me it's been a big goal for me for for a while so uh just to just to know that the works would pay off would be would be awesome when you're going through that process like is there anything in particular you would look for in a school i know people that i've talked to have talked about how you, you got to make sure it's a good fit for you as a player yeah. and, and as a person what what can without naming specific schools what would be a, the type of school that would be a good fit for you as a, a person and as a player yeah, exactly. Um, I think I think that was spot on with the fit, but just like going to a program with a culture, like a winning culture sort of thing. And just like, for me, a big thing is going to a place where I'm going to develop as a player and just also where I can just learn lots of new things from the coaching staff and, and, the, and the older players is a, is a big thing for me, for sure. With your sister, who we talked about, she's already a high-level college athlete. And with your NCAA aspirations, do you ever lean on her for advice or kind of look to her as an example of of what you hope to accomplish as well? Yeah, for sure. Um, Especially lately, I've sort of just been asking her for advice. And I know she made the transition look pretty seamless. So it's not like that for everyone. But for sure, I've been asking her for advice and uh, what it takes to sort of be a top level college player so yeah so there's eight games left on the schedule for for you guys in, in the bchl um how do you approach this last stretch from a, a personal perspective and as well a team perspective yeah for sure i know uh i know our team really wants to win this pod and since there's since there's going to be no playoffs i think sort of this is this is our playoffs here these last couple games so uh I know how bad our team wants this and I think we're going to be approaching these games like playoff games. And yeah, I think this is big for us and we want to win this pod here. So last question for you. You're obviously off to a great start. How do you plan on uh, keeping that up uh, in the last stretch here and uh, keeping that uh, high level of play over the last eight games? Yeah. um, There's a lot of games and not a lot of days. So I'm just going to just keep it simple um keep keep developing that chemistry with my line and just trusting each other and have trust in my teammates and i know good stuff will happen if we just stick with it awesome well thank you so much for chatting with me noah and best of luck the rest of the season for sure thanks jesse appreciate it all right that does it for another episode of the bchl podcast Thank you to all of my guests, including Noah Serdachny, Tyson Jugnoth, and Caden Lane. And thank you to Sheldon Lee for providing an interview for us this week. And you can look out for more of his interviews over the next five weeks. Of course, another shout out to our producer, Greg Ballack, for putting this together. And one last thank you to Fortis BC for being the presenting sponsor of the BCHL podcast. Before we sign off, just a couple quick plugs. We have some new features up at bchl.ca. We continue our NHL Bloodline series. This week is with Garrett Volk, a defenseman for the Trail Smoke Eaters, and his dad, Gary Volk, who had a 13-year NHL career, including a stint as a rookie with the Vancouver Canucks. 
And we also have our newest BC Born feature, which will be posted today. And that is with Chilliwack Chiefs goalie Matthew Caron. And it is written by our intern Sheldon Lee. So if you're looking for a good read to get you ready for this weekend's action, please do check that out. All right, everybody, that'll do it. Thank you so much for listening. And we will talk to you again next week. Bye.